Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. I want to talk a little bit about what we strive to do with this show. Every episode, our mission is to delve into the world of all forms of horror entertainment and lifestyle, whether that be toys, collectibles, merchandise, film, games, books, in a magazine-style format with different themed segments and featured guests. This week, from Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2 and a ton of other horror projects, as well as appearances on everything from CSI to Gilmore Girls. She was on ABC's Nashville. Most recently, a super creepy flick called Go house the incredibly cool scout compton drops by the studio we'll also introduce you to a segment we call horror homework this episode we'll each be picking horror films we think have gone slightly under the radar and feel that need to be reintroduced to the conversation at large i think a good kickstart would be to go around this room each state our name because there's a lot of us in this room and talk a bit about what got us fascinated with this genre of horror. Who wants sure. to start? Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. 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 All right. All right. I will start. Okay. So my name is uh, Rachel. Rachel Tejada. Born and raised in Los Angeles. And I grew up in a family that just loved collecting. Collecting unusual things. Collecting comic books. Going to comic cons. Going to fun museums so I've always had a love for just interesting and unusual things and also just a love for movies like my both my parents are big movie fans so we'd always go see late night movies or matinees anything and so I just kind of all my life have had this just love for strange and unusual do you remember the very first horror movie you ever saw I do well I know the one that made a big impression which was Watcher in the Woods which was a Disney film. Oh, yeah. Starred Betty Davis. Austin. Nice. Well, I'm Austin. I remember very vividly the first... When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies. Horror movies just didn't exist. Rage of the Lost Ark was like really intense. Right. Right? Uh-huh. And, you know, the ending of Rage of the Lost Ark was like, you know, ooh, should we have seen that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, then, and then I was at a, a birthday party, my friend's birthday party, and his older brother, I was maybe 11 or 12, and he put on uh, the original Friday the 13th. And I was like, ooh, we're going to watch. And I was like, ooh, I'm not supposed to watch this. <laughs> what is this? And then, you know, they had been, like, they're the family. They had every, like, everything. You know, they got to do whatever they wanted. Like, they had seen aliens in the theater and, like, you know. They show the movie and they put it on and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and they paused it. So, he lived right next door, right? Paused it at the moment when, uh, I don't remember the characters' names off the top of my head, but the one girl gets an axe in the head. Right. And they're like, oh, it's late. Everyone should probably go home. It was like kind of <laughs> so they pause it on that image. Oh, wow. And then I have to go home, which is right next door. So I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> like ran, a terrified. And my mother and sister must have been out because I remember, you know, the front door was locked. And I was just pounding on the door, screaming through the mail slot. And my father was in the shower. <laughs> I can't imagine what he would have thought. <laughs> what must have been going through his head. Because it, oh, it was awful. We watched the rest of it the next day in the safety of broad daylight. And it just blew me away. Like, there's that moment, of course. But it was just like the, I don't know. I just, the story was so interesting. The You know, the big jump scare at the end was... You know, there's something we just all talked about, like the kids in the neighborhood, it became a neighborhood movie. You know, we all had these neighborhood movies, right? And so we just, you know, this is the era of VHS stores. 
So we just go rent horror movies all the time. And it just opened this whole world up for me of scares and story and characters and Super fun. You know, it's funny. You know, we're all close to the same age. So we all grew up with that age of video stores and that thrill of discovery and things were probably being released directly on videotape around for the first time then. So there was all this, you got to go and see the packaging and, you know, choose movies just based on the art art of the box. Yeah, just go like straight to the horror section and just... That was enough sometimes. Leo, man. My name is Leone D'Antonio, but my friends call me Leo. So yeah, you know, just like Rachel over there, born and raised in LA, in uh, the little Angelino Heights section, Echo Park. We had a greenhouse theater in that neighborhood, believe it or not. No way. Yeah, yeah. it was called Studio One, Whoa. right off of uh, Sunset Boulevard, uh, just um, west of uh, Alvarado. And uh, growing up, that's where I got to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mm-hmm. You'd go there and watch Double Triple Feature for like two bucks besides that my earliest exposure to horror wasn't on the playground i think of grade school kids are like hey it's october and you know what's on kcop tonight kcop's channel 13 locally here in la now it's called upn or whatever it's called but back then it was like horror week they would show halloween and they would show salem's lot and then the exorcist and i remember as a kid my parents were like yeah you can't watch that you can't watch that <laughs> so i well, you didn't watch halloween it's like oh that wasn't scary uh salem's lot that that wasn't scary and we get to the exorcist holy shit that was scary <laughs> <laughs> and that's because i grew up catholic the fear of the devil man the fear of evil be a good kid be a good boy but man that movie scared me i couldn't sleep for weeks but that's when i knew i mean after that it was like you know starting to pick up on things like evil dead evil dead 2 and it was like man this genre is awesome so from then on, I had a love of horror, man. My name is Trevor. Moved here to L.A. from Canada in 2005 to work at a local radio station. My obsession with horror, and it did become an obsession very quickly, is when I was a kid, when my dad would rent a horror movie. They'd take everybody in the basement, his friends or my older cousins or whatever, and they'd go in the basement, shut the door behind them, don't come down, we're watching a scary movie. Sounds and really it, it became, it was creepy. <laughs> but as a kid, I would, you know, go to bed early while they were watching the, the movie, but I would know they were down there and it would always, what's going on down there? Are they being hurt? Like, what are they doing? Like, I remember clearly my dad going through the newspaper one day, we were at my cousin's and the poster for the first creep show movie. I remember in the newspapers, the lavish artwork of the poster would take up an entire page of the giant newspapers. Oh, yeah. And I remember Creepshow, the, po- the poster, the size of a one half of a newspaper. And I remember seeing the skeleton working at the ticket booth yeah. in the poster. My dad was like, hey, me and your cousin, we're going to go watch that tonight. And I thought the skeleton was going to be there maybe and taking your <laughs> ticket. And it really scared me. It was something I was fascinated with because I was terrified of the notion. It was years later that I actually worked up the courage to watch my first horror movie. It was late in life because of this kind of fear that I had inside of me. And it ended up being Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. <laughs> that oh. was your first? That was my very oh, first horror movie that I actually watched from beginning to end. Was it because you're a big Dawkins fan? <laughs> That's right. I remember that. I I remember that song so clearly because uh, it was something I never forgot the experience of watching that movie. I remember my dad had watched it the night before and it was still in the VCR the next day. And I was like, should I watch it, dad? Like, should I watch it? Because I was obsessed with the box art of that movie, too. It had, you know, all the Dream Warriors standing, I think, on Freddy's claws. Yeah, holding out his hand. Claws, yeah. yeah. That's right. And um, with the punk rocker and everything in there. So I watched it by myself in daylight the next day. It just stuck with me. I think at that time, too, 
again, you're working with the whole concept of the Freddy movies. You're in a dream world where literally anything can happen. Right. So the effects that they pulled off and the things they dreamed up of doing were really unlike anything I'd ever seen before. They were done so well. And of course, Robert Englund bringing that character to life. Yeah, I mean, it just scared the shit out of me. Sleep and dreaming is such a vulnerable, mysterious thing as is that it's a very easy thing to scare you with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember clearly like the next couple days, the movie just stayed with me. Everything I ate, I was thinking about Freddy. I was thinking about Freddy popping out in different ways or morphing into different things. And it just stayed with me so intensely that it grew into an obsession. There's no other genre of film that has affected me as profoundly as horror. And I think that's why to this day, it's something I want all around my house. It's become something that's inspired me. The people who work in it are amongst the most talented, most creative people, I think, out of, you know, almost any genre of film. Lauren. I'm Lauren, and I was born and raised in Los Angeles, just like Rachel and just like Leo. Yay. Woo! I've loved horror ever since I can remember. Probably seven years old, I stumbled across a Nightmare on Elm Street, and I watched just part of it and it scared me so much to this day i'm still scared of freddy (laughs) krueger it just creeps me out to think that something could kill you or harm you in your dreams but it was so exciting at the same time i still have never really watched a full nightmare on elm street freddy versus jason you've watched freddy versus jason yeah all the way through i guess that yeah that's probably but not like (laughs) the original and that one yeah freddy versus jason a little like it's that's kind of a light yeah Yeah, that's not quite yeah like the diet coke (laughs) (laughs) it is of nightmare on elm street from what i understand i mean i've seen little like bits and pieces of things coming out of tvs and i close my eyes during most of freddy versus jason (laughs) but don't tell anybody that it was so fascinating and then i was like i like this feeling of being scared it's awesome and the adrenaline and and then Halloween and just all these horror movies. Now I just love them, except for Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like my one. And there might be a chance that we're having guests on this show, obviously. It's going to be a big part of what we do here on the Buku podcast. But there's one guest that if we get, I don't even know if Lauren can be in the room. No. And that would be Robert Englund. Yeah, no. Nope. Oh, wow. Now, she actually had an but, experience with Robert Englund. Yes. A while back that really didn't help it much. <laughs> their fear of Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. Oh, is that? Okay, so wait, I have a question. So I've never in my mind, Robert Englund is just like a simple look. Sorry, Robert Englund. Simple looking dude. <laughs> right. Right. He's not. And Freddy Krueger is obviously a completely different. Different person. Completely. There would be no way that I would know if someone hadn't told me that they're the same person. You can tell, like, his face just looks like that face. But it's not burned or scarred. <laughs> he's not wearing a fedora or a sweater or knives. Yes, but he's scary. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, that's the thing. The knives thing, yeah. The voice, Drew Lauren. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but, no, he, but it's not no. like that's what he goes... Well, he's, he doesn't order McDonald's in that voice. <laughs> he probably <laughs> does. Yeah, okay. he, yeah, he might. Okay, All fair right, enough. So but, you know. Check out my story. Okay, so I worked for Loveline um, with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And, you know, I told Dr. Drew, hey, I'm super super scared. I don't think I want to be here this night. Like I'm going to have someone else come in for me because 
I, I can't deal with him. And, you and know, that was when Robert Englund was coming in to promote, I think, Freddie Fred, versus Jason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, no, no, no. This is going to be good for you. I want you to meet him and see he's just a guy. He's just puts on makeup. It's not the same guy. Because like, I can't even look at Robert Englund. He just reminds me of Kruger. I don't, I just, I can't separate the two. And he was like, well, you know what? Just come in. It's going to be fine. So I get there. I'm like super nervous. I'm like getting him coffee. And then Drew tells the whole story like, hey, junior producer Lauren, she's really scared of you. He was like, yeah, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm very scared of you and scared of your character and whatever. And then he brought in one of the gloves from the movie and when I went to give him coffee, he took the glove, scratched my back, oh. and he was like, something like, I hope it's not hot, you little bitch. Like, in that voice. Oh. And I lost it. I lost it. I started crying. It was, like, horrific because he just he just fed on my fear. Right. And he wow. was Just not... like Freddy Krueger would do. Exactly. Exactly. So I think oh, wow. he's really... So there is the no guy. separation. No. But Dr. Drew was, dude. Yeah, like, you gotta <laughs> stop. Like, <laughs> like, he continually tried. Oh. You know, he said, he told me when he left to have sweet dreams. Oh, man. In that voice. <laughs> sweet dreams. So, so yeah, do, you, no. do you think... <laughs> That's kind of awesome, though, Do right? you think when Freddy Krueger wakes up, he's Robert England? Is that the deal? Yes. And when he goes back to sleep, he's Freddy Krueger? Yeah. I haven't quite figured it out, but I, I think that they're in cahoots together. Wow. But But at the same time, I'm equally fascinated with it a little bit. Not enough to watch it, but... I'm okay. You know, we have a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball machine, and I'm okay with that. Um, but it's a darn I'm, good pinball machine, too. Probably one of the best. Does it have <laughs> the voice? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got the voice, yeah. And you're okay, and, with, and and you're okay with the voice? It's got claws on cool. it. Well, yeah. there's so much going on with the noise of the oh, ball, it distracts and you can't you really from the, hear it. I mean, it's You're a clearly muffled. not asleep while you're well, Plus, you get, to, you get to actually play against Freddy. Beat him. So she right. likes that. Oh, right. that's right. a good, yeah. It's <laughs> a good motivator. <laughs> okay, so wait, I have a, sorry. I, have, no, I no. still have another question. <laughs> this is fascinating Ask to me. Away. <laughs> so, but you haven't watched a whole movie. Do you think if you... If you watched a whole movie, the, one of the things that's so brilliant about the first movie is you don't know anything that's happening. It's just that these kids are dying in their sleep and no one knows why. And it's terrifying. Yeah. So, sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to rehash yeah. the movie for you. No. But at the end, there's just a little bit of plot twist that gives it... Some context? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does it make it you feel better about it? Yeah, well, kind of, because it's no longer this sort of ethereal, I don't know what's happening. It, it's, it's sort of an answer. It's like, oh, now I get it. Well, okay, Dr. Drew suggested that I watch the movie in its entirety and maybe I wouldn't be so scared. Yeah, because so, it might give you some closure. Yes, I have not gotten to that. Point. I will warn you, there's a little bit of a... The ending has a little... See, I just don't want to make it yeah. worse and be even... Well, then we get know. even more context with the second movie, or there's the second or third or fourth or... Right, fifth. obviously there's not complete closure watching yeah. one because there's like a million... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but it's logical. Like the first three, I think, have a, have a logical evolution of the storyline yes. because there's so little context in the first one. Like you get context for the moment of what's happening to those kids. Right. And then obviously they have to expand the universe a little bit to justify killing more kids. Nice. 
You got her hooked. (laughs) But once a contact, then you then there's a sort like that for me. That's what so Friday the Thirteenth thing terrified me for you know a long time. But the thing that helped me with it was the the context of the story, right? Like the Jason Voorhees story, that first movie, and the second movie a little bit is you know it's an interesting story. You know it's it's a simple vengeance story, just with a lot of amazing horrific gore. Yes. Well, <laughs> I think one day I will I will watch it. Just not It's okay though. Today. Don't feel bad. You know, I, yeah, yeah, in I, your I, own time. I, I watched yeah. that movie in two parts. The first time I watched it, I think I was uh thirteen years old. That scene where Nancy's sleeping and Freddie's coming through the bedroom wall, the stretching oh, part. Oh yeah. I, I, oh, I, I ran. So amazing. It, it was movie night with, with friends and cousins and I ran out of the room. I'm like, see ya. And they were just <laughs> laughing. I couldn't get through that at night, but the next day I, I got through it. Yeah. The crazy thing is to me, the movie ends and I'm like, wow, this is scary. It was good. And, 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 and you know, I was like, I want more. And guess what? A couple years later, I ended up going to that high school where they shot the movie. Oh, no way. So I was like, oh, this is funny. I'm at the school. (laughs) I bet you didn't fall asleep in class. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Where'd your hall pass? (laughs) Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Evil is here. I'm not me. Who are you then? I'm Michael Myers' sister. All right, well, this is the first official guest we've had here in the Boo Crew studio, which I've been calling the speakeasy yeah, with the secret works. door. That works, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, <laughs> she's a fan favorite, and she's one of our favorites. She's been in everything from Rob Zombie's Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, ton of other horror movies, including most recently Ghost House, which Lauren and I just finished watching a couple days ago. It was awesome. And she's also done a ton of dramatic and comedy roles, too. Back in 2004, I remember Lauren and I watched Sleepover, which is amazing. <laughs> Seriously, this is great. It's a great movie. Scout Compton here on the show. Hello. Yay. Yay. Oh, thank you guys. I'm going to take you guys everywhere. <laughs> In the closet, every corner. Well, you're officially now a member of the book, right? Oh, thank you. Uh, can I just like do every episode with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> as long yeah. as I can enter that secret door. Right. <laughs> so you're actually going to an escape room tonight. Yes, I am. What one is it? I don't actually know too much. Night shift. It's night shift. Okay. I've never been to an escape room ever. Us, so. I don't think any of us in this room have. Have you guys been to one? No. 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 The closest we got was that delusion oh. that had yeah. an escape room element. Well, you've been, you been to delusion? Yeah. 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 That's my friend Aaron in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not just me making a difference. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I actually signed away. I feel pretty much my life because <laughs> they can touch you, and I don't know what that means. Yeah. Can, can, we, can we curse on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. cool, cool. <laughs> I'm they can touch you in an escape room? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what that means. But who's touching you? I don't know. I don't know. But Aaron has taken me to some weird places like this before. And it wasn't an escape room, but it was kind of like, I don't know what it was. It was like a play, but like they can like take a person out of the room and into a different room alone. I'm like, that sounds like delusion. Was that delusion? Did you take her to delusion? No, no, no. 
but I'm sure she she's taking notes right now in the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, and we're gonna go there. <laughs> but that, I get freaked out. Like I'm freaked out of that shit. Like that stuff. Like so does not funny. fly with me. That's actually kind of how we started this whole idea of the podcasting. Right. Is we traditionally go to all the Halloween haunts. Oh, we'll cool. do Universal, Knots, and Delusion, any of the horror plays or anything. anything Thanks for the invite, we all guys. Do that. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, next know. year, you're coming with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. I'm, I'm down. Delusion was always a favorite of ours because they do it around the Halloween season, and they pick a different historic venue throughout the city. So not only is it like a haunted play, it's part kind of urban exploration. Yeah. And you get to see yeah. like cool sides of LA, which right, is right. awesome. Didn't they have like a church once? What was that? Yeah, in Silver Lake. Yep. Yeah, it was an old church. Yeah. That, oh, was, that's that was my awesome. favorite one. Yeah, that was the best that, one. Yeah, that was the, really good. The last, the last thing that I ever heard about was the It House that they built oh, up on yeah. Hollywood. Right. Did you guys go to that one? Yeah, me and Lauren did, yeah. Was yeah. it lame? Yeah. Okay. I figured, <laughs> I figured. I know everybody was like waiting like hours and hours and people were trying to get me to go. And I was like, uh, I think that it might be commercial and it wouldn't be really cool. It ended up being, I think it was like maybe five minutes. Yeah. It something was, like that. No. And I mean, the set was really cool. Like the aesthetic of it was amazing, but there weren't enough scare actors mm. for me. No, well, there was like, I think one or two, right? Yeah. Through the whole thing. And there was, I think, three different rooms. And then that was it. I mean, anybody who'd never been to a haunted attraction before would think it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. But well, like, it's yeah. it's always like a hit or miss. I mean, it, you can either have like a commercial like sort of thing like that, or like I went to the Rob Zombie one that he had a, a couple years back. Oh yeah, was that Pomona or something yeah, like that? But yeah, but yeah. it was right. packed, so it wasn't as good because there wasn't as many actors That's and right, there was right. too many people. Oh, yeah, right, right. but I mean, visually it's amazing. But I mean, I feel like you go to that to get scared. Chitless, and yeah. when you don't, it's like a bummer. Right, Knotts is really good. At, I find line oh, control. Dude, I, I went. I went back, to right? Knotts. I went to like the special opening of Knotts, oh, and it awesome. was amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, Knotts is rad. Literally the best. <laughs> You're a horror fan, not mm-hmm. just in horror movies. <laughs> what was the first time you were exposed to the genre, and when did you have that transformation? Where oh my gosh, I'm a horror fan. This is amazing. Um, probably at birth. <laughs> to be honest. Well, my dad's a mortician and a corner, so oh, I was like, I was like the seed of my father. I was like born into it, you know. And we lived in a mortuary, so um, I, I feel like at a young age, I was just kind of like born into it. I had a coffin named Willie that I would sleep in. It was like, dude, no, seriously, it was my fort. Awesome. It was literally my fort, and like wow. whatever shit was going down. Like, where would I be? I would be in Willie. And, like, you would open the bottom half of it, and it would have, like, all, like, my rock, like, stuff in there. <laughs> kind of like your house, but cooler. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, so, like, I would have, like, everything in the bottom half, and, like, my stuffed animals, and, like, all my, like, um, CDs and stuff. But, yeah, no, I was I was born into it right away. Yeah. So the coffin was your safe place? The coffin was my safe zone, dude. <laughs> my safe zone. And, like, when... Ever anyone would look at that coffin. It was like the the shit coffin, you know? Like, you know, I, I picked the one that wouldn't get sold. But when anyone would like eye the coffin, I would like sabotage. I'd be like, nope, your grandma, your grandpa is not going in the coffin. Like, it's my home. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting too dark here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is crazy. Where was this mortuary? Is it local? Um, it was in Bishop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and my dad also had one in Apple Valley, so we were like mm. from Bishop to Apple Valley. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, was there one? Did you not know this about me? I thought, no, oh, no, <laughs> no. We never talked about it. Dude, I usually like say this on a first date. I'm like, hey, um, so <laughs> my dad's a mortician. You cool with that? Cool. All right. <laughs> now we can make out. Cool. <laughs> now, was there a particular movie or anything mm-hmm. that had you start watching the darker side of entertainment? My mom showed me The Exorcist when I was yes. really young. So I like, I really love that. But uh, my mom would take me to like horror houses and all that stuff, and I fucking hated them. Dude, <laughs> I still do to this day. I'm the girl that screams. Like I'm, I'm the one that you want to take to these things right. and like have a good time. You know, yeah. my I guess my mom introduced me to The Exorcist, so that was probably the thing that that did it. And then I found my boyfriend Chucky, and I was in. That was it. That was it. I was, like, in love. I was in love, man. Yeah. I wanted to be that doll. I wanted to be like the, the what's her name with the blonde hair? Tiffany. Ah, uh, Tiffany. Yeah. I was I fucking hated Tiffany. I was like that's my man. So you and Brad Dourif go way back. Oh, dude! Funny story about Brad Dourif. We did two movies together. Had no idea that he was the voice of Chucky. What? None. Wow. None. <laughs> Zero. So the second Halloween premiere for H2, I brought all my shit and I went to Brad and I was like, <laughs> I need you to sign all of this. <laughs> I had no idea you were the voice of this. I'm really bad. I don't look up actors and their stuff and their credits. I'm like su- super terrible at that, knowing like an actor and his name and what they've been in yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That is funny. <laughs> right? Did he do the voice for you or anything? No, or I wish. No, then I probably would have like, you know, been like, make out with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not a good idea. Like, I love you. Have, <laughs> you s- <laughs> have you seen the last couple Chuckies? Yeah. They're dark. Yeah. They're really, they're really dark. weird. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. For my taste, too. Yeah. They're real weird. Yeah, they're very dark. I was, I, I didn't know, I, the, the Netflix one, right? Yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah, about? yeah, yeah. I think there's Curse of Chucky and Cult, Cult of Chucky, Cult of right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's his daughter, right? Brad Dourif's daughter? Yeah, I mean, she yes. looks exactly like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's very, the hair. <laughs> yeah, it's very the weird. Hair match on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally the same. <laughs> but um, I know the little boy that played Chucky in the original, and he was in the recent one. Because I do conventions all the time, so mm-hmm. I see him all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was it was really interesting to like see him grown up. As far as being in those movies, and I'm talking about the Halloween films, what happened as far as your career goes at that point? How did being in those films change your life? Oh, dude. I mean, it changed it pretty drastically. I mean, that kind of like got me on the map of things and then like and made me known to the public eye. Definitely in the horror genre. I was getting offers right and left for like horror movies after that. It was crazy. Oh, and I did like true. April Fool's Day. And like, it's kind of like when you enter that realm, you kind of never leave ever. So I noticed that for sure, that I'm kind of like in this horror like world, which I'm not mad at. I love it. Right, right. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I was born into it, so I love it. Hey, hey, we love that you're in it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but at the same time, you also choose a lot of cool dramatic roles and comedy stuff. You have a wide variety of stuff that you do, and you do it really, really well. Thanks. What is it? When you look at a project, like what are you chasing for yourself? What is it that interests you? Where do you want to be? What inspires you to make the choices that you've been making? Especially when it comes to, because there's a lot of indie movies. I really like period pieces or movies that are based off of like music. Like I love that. Like the Runaways and all that stuff. And I just got done doing a period piece. Honestly, it's just kind of like the material and the roles that come to me. I definitely play someone that has like a 
a darker past and that's dealing with demons. I just like to figure those girls out rather than playing like a cheerleader. <laughs> like I, just I'm just not drawn like that as a person and I can't do that. So that would be acting for me. If I don't relate to the character, then I'm not going to do the role justice. Right, right. Speaking of, I know there was, going back to Rob Zombie's Halloween, I think this was in the second one, you had an experience in that second movie during a particular scene oh, shit. that <laughs> kind of stayed with you. You had a hard time breaking character, which is also yeah. kind of strange for you because I know you've said before that you're not a method actor. Yeah. You can kind of turn it on and off. Which but is there was, weird, right? right? right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool, actually. Really? Does that mean I'm fucked up? <laughs> so there was this scene, and what can you tell us about what happened at that moment? Well... Yeah, I can't even explain this moment. This moment to me feels like I saw a ghost for the first fucking time in oh, my wow. life. Danielle Harris and me got really, really close on the first one. And she was like a big sister to me. So when we did do the scene where she's literally lying naked and she has a bunch of knife marks all over her and she is dying in my arms, I just I, I like lost it for for a really, really long time. And I, I think some my heart got kind of confused for a second and just got lost. And I had to like run out of there as soon as the take was over. And I was I couldn't stop crying. And I was like hyperventilating I had hives on my chest and I was freaking out. I was like having a panic attack. And I've encountered a few different things in my acting career. And that one was super gnarly. And I remember running up to Tyler Maine, who plays Michael Myers and, uh, I just ran up to him and I was like, oh, it's like speaking like this. And I was like, I'm a, I can't get out of this. This is so hard for me. Please help me. And he just like looked at me and was just like, get me out of here. <laughs> and, and, oh, no. Yeah. And I started, I started laughing and I was like, thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, it worked, but I don't know. I mean, to this day, I like, I just saw Danielle like two weeks ago. And to this day, like, I always tell her about that. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, no, like, it was traumatizing for me. I was like, that was really hard for me. Maybe she might think that I'm, like, making it up, but (laughs) she's like, whatever. (laughs) Lauren had a question she really wanted to ask. So we like to collect props, as Uh, you can see. (laughs) So is there anything you've kept from any of your movies, anything that means a lot to you? Because I've had four babies. I've collected their umbilical cords. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Really? Do you have those in, like, jars? You know what's funny? She's actually wearing, I'm I'm not joking, she's actually wearing a necklace right now that's that's made of her breast milk. No! Yes. yes! Are you kidding me? No. It's so amazing. So now... Okay, it's not now, only the necklace, you got a bracelet, like a whole are you, bunch of stuff. So wait, do you like, do you like secretly like go to the nurses and you're like, yo, here's 60 bucks. Like, can you just like stash away like this stuff? Like, like when this no. delivery's over, like just stash the shit. No, when the umbilical cord falls off, I just keep it in a little plastic bag. Does it just fall off? Okay. Yeah, it does. It's kind of gross. It Look really at Aaron's is. face. <laughs> okay, I I thought I was ready for motherhood. <laughs> but I mean, the breast milk. 
I had a, a bag that was yeah. expired. I couldn't use it. And expired then so- breast milk expires? In the, yeah. Oh, expires Six like regular months. milk, obviously. In the freezer. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh you know, what do I do with this? And someone's like, you make it a necklace. You have to make it into <laughs> jewelry. And I was like, wait, yes. how do you make it into jewelry? Okay, I didn't make it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you like go, yo, okay. do you jeweler? <laughs> no. Here's a bag. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. I sent Trevor <laughs> with my breast milk. Oh my God, you <laughs> had to do it. To the pack and ship. It's like sending a man to the grocery store to buy your tampons. Yeah, yeah it's a little worse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tampons are worse. Come on. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you send, uh, he had to say it was liquid. I don't think you, did you say what it was? I, I try not to. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't go there. Yeah, I just said it was liquid. I hoped he wouldn't ask any other oh questions. Oh my God. Again. And then I sent it to this lady, Bridget, at Jobri Breast Milk Charms. <laughs> and oh I mean, there's, there's so a many woman people. that has a website for this. Yeah. yeah, she and it's like she cooks it. Like it looks, she cooks it looks like your it, breast milk, and she does it online. So you actually get to watch her do it, and it's like, well, like streaming, like, like, like FaceTime live. Your, you don't know, stream. It's actually like she's got a YouTube. at two o'clock. She your built, breast milk will be. I, yeah. Well, it's kind of like that. She's like at two YouTube o'clock live. I'm, at two o'clock, I'm posting my YouTube video where I'm cooking your milk this week or whatever, and she'd be like, Lauren, she'd be like, I'm, and then start taking a torch it's it like looks she's like she's taking care of your baby like it's nursery like you can yeah. watch her she's like no see I'm not drinking your breast milk I'm cooking it <laughs> watch me cook it I'm not gonna drink it but she oh cooks it and it hardens right there right and then Holy she I don't know how it's a chemical she's wearing masks and stuff I'm sure the cops ever walked in oh, oh my, my god gosh, please, t- please tell me she's like head to toe in like medical gear <laughs> she's like, breaking bad of breast milk yeah. <laughs> yes. dude okay can we do a sketch of this? Can we please? <laughs> you guys, this crew might do it like a drunk history. Like yes. we need to like the boob crew. The boob crew. <laughs> oh my god, too good. So, anyways, I mean, <laughs> I forgot what the what's the question? <laughs> what's the question? I'm sorry. What do you? What have you kept from one of your movies? My breast milk. <laughs> Dude, I wish I had something as cool as that. I can't follow that. I definitely can't follow that. Um, I kept my shoes. <laughs> you know, it was really hard to keep anything from the Halloween set because they always wanted to sell it, you know? Yeah. All my costumes got sold, but I got to keep some of the Laurie Strode's costumes in the second one. But um, I think probably my favorite thing that I kept was the jacket that I Laurie Strode wore in the first one. The total skull jacket that I forced awesome. Rob to let me wear because it was um, it was uh, Sherry Moon's line, yeah. Yeah. which she mm-hmm. doesn't sell anymore. Right. So oh, wow. yeah, so I got to keep that obviously in mine. But yeah, and then I got to keep a wig from Love Ranch, which was a movie that I did with Helen Mirren and Joe Pesci. Like literally, like a wig. Like a, like a full, on, full on weave. So if anybody needs a weave, um, let me know, and I'll uh, lend you one. We were talking about that movie at dinner. So we were talking right? about Andy Kaufman, and we talked about Andy yeah. Kaufman. Yeah, I forget what was the correlation between Andy Kaufman and the Myself? Bunny Ranch. Was it? Bunny? Did maybe it was he bunny. went there was all the time. Ranch. He probably well, he went did. there all the time, right? Well, I was telling them a story. So Andy Kaufman, he oh, you know what? So the idea of not being able to break character, having a moment where he can't break character. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. How Jim Carrey was unable to break character while filming the Andy Kaufman movie oh and then we talked about how andy and that documentary just came out and then we talked about andy kaufman had this practical joke 
mm-hmm. where he said the, the greatest prank would be if he faked his death and appeared 20 years later. Oh my God. So 20 years after his death, they did a big event at the uh, House of Blues on Sunset. Oh, wow. And Tony Clifton came out and it was a whole big vaudeville style song and dance with Tony Clifton. And then afterwards, we all went, I went to the, I went, and we all went to the, uh, the whole place filed out of the House of Blues. We went across the street to the comedy store where they had set up Lucha Libre Wrestling. Oh my God. Because Kaufman was way into wrestling. (laughs) Hilarious. So there's a whole bunch of, and then the guy, the owner of the Bunny Ranch gave out coupons to everyone who was there. <laughs> Come to my ranch, yeah. get laid. <laughs> because Kaufman was a was, okay, a, was but there was yeah. a discount on these cars. I, like it was a something. discount for Tiffany. It was a like discount for Marissa. It was, I don't like, remember what? the details, but it was like a very specific date range. Oh wow! Like Tuesday from two to four. Oh, you know. Like it was you know whatever the low. <laughs> Happy hour. Tuesday yeah, exactly, from yeah. from seven a.m. Yeah. to nine a.m. Sorry, morning sex. <laughs> morning. Um, uh, oh my god dude we had a madam on that set that actually like owned the ranch and she came and showed us everything that those girls do oh. and I mean, we had to learn <laughs> how to do it like learn like on screen so we look legit right. and I was oh like I didn't god. know wow. that we had to look this legit so I, was like, <laughs> I was like wait are we doing a porno or are we, what are we doing here I was like, when like, does the movie magic kick in yeah, I, was like, yeah, I was like wait at the what it's like this is not in my contract. <laughs> not in there. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was cool. It was such a good cast. It was rad. But that's hmm. Discounts. I didn't get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just come back to town for a bit. You've been in Kentucky, right? I was in Kentucky, man. I was in a small town called Mayfield, Kentucky. Mm. You can't find it on the map. Wow. <laughs> what were you doing there? Film, um, I was, out or? Yeah, I was doing a movie called Starlight. It's kind of like a demonic movie. It's really hard to explain without giving it away. I play this pop star that's the daughter of Satan. I'm intrigued. So is this an indie movie or Yeah, it's an indie movie. Yeah. It was it was done with my oh god, I'm so terrible with last names. It was done with uh, the director that did The Butcher Brothers. Cool. So Mitch. So he did it. So I worked with him when I was eighteen, so now I'm working with him when I'm how old am I? Twenty eight. Wow. Yeah. That's not all you've been working on. There's like, seriously, there's a list of so many movies yeah. and there's trailers. Yeah. There's like Farrell and... Um, oh, dude, Farrell is dope. What's the other one? Is it Exile to... Edge of Insanity. Edge of Insanity. Yeah, yeah, Edge yeah. of Insanity. So what's the deal with all these ones that are like, got the trailer, but they aren't out yet? Yeah, like, is, well, I mean, it's I swear hard. it's like seven of them or dude, something. Dude, it's hard for any movies now. No one will buy them or like they'll go straight to like demand and all that stuff. I mean... Ghost House, it finally, it took like three years for Ghost House to come out. You made that three years ago. Dude, three years ago in Thailand, which was amazing. I mean, it beautifully shot (laughs) film too. It looks really, really good. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really rad. We're about to do, hopefully, we're going to do the second one. Thailand, it was the number one movie in Thailand. Are you serious? Yeah, it it beat like Atomic Blonde. It was number one movie in Russia. Like, yeah, it was like overseas, it was like banging. Wow. How long did it take to knock that one out when you were there? Um, I think we filmed for like five weeks, four weeks. Wow. Yeah, which was like nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, and it, it was it was cool. Mark, Bo- I mean Mark Boone. 
Amazing. My friend James was played my man in it. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Would you say there was any particular challenges of that movie, doing that role? No. We no. just got to eat a lot of pad thai. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, pad thai? Problem. Yeah, pad thai <laughs> massages. I mean, we, we it was like a blessing. It was seriously a, a blessing. I mean, to film at those temples that we, we got and... I mean, is that a real thing? Like those ghost houses? Is that a real yeah, thing? Yeah, dude. Really? Oh yeah. The the creature, her, she had to be covered whenever she was as the creature, mm. because the natives did not like to see ghosts. They're afraid of ghosts. They're oh. absolutely afraid of wow. ghosts. So yeah, she had to be covered every time she was like walking around in Thailand. Wow. Yeah, it's like a serious thing over there. That's ghost houses. Creepier. <laughs> yeah, like everything, everything of the movie is true, what they believe in at least. I mean, I hopefully no one's been fucking possessed over there. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> so the ghost houses that were in the movie, were they just manufactured for the movie or were some of those actually some of those ghost houses? Uh, I fucking hope they were. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, did you take you one home? <laughs> you brought one home, didn't you? <laughs> is that why I'm single? <laughs> oh my God. God damn it. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> wasn't just a scarf. Ah. <laughs> that's, like, that's funny. I never asked, actually. That's a good thing to ask. I'm so, like, gullible when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. like whatever. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So funny. Well, let's talk about Disneyland. Disneyland. I love Disneyland. Dude, I'm, I'm here for a week until I go to Chicago, and I'm trying to go to Disneyland for the Christmas stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. up right now, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dude, I love that. I went to Disney World, which was so much fun. I'm sure all of you guys have been to Disney World. I've not oh. been to Disney World. <gasps> nope. Do you, have you seen your house and you haven't yeah. been to Disney World? <laughs> yeah. What? It's like, it's like on our bucket list. We keep having kids. Oh, yeah. so. oh wait, how many kids do you guys have? Four. <gasps> we, just, we just had our four. We had our fourth in March. Oh my God, you guys. Yeah. I know, it's... They get old enough to fly and then boom, another kid. Oh, dude, I'm like flying. I'm flying with my dog and it's hard. My dog's like shaking on the plane. Oh. I, I made him like an emotional support dog so I could like travel with him to the set. And he's oh, like cool. the one shaking and I'm like trying to calm him down. I'm like, dude, oh, no. this is making it worse. Oh, no. Yeah, like this is the worst. Yeah, I love Disneyland, dude. I I, I have, it makes me happy. I'm, I'm a kid. I get along with kids and dogs. So it's like, I don't know. Obviously, Disneyland's like made for me. I remember my mom one year, God, I think it was like the, maybe a month after Halloween was like number one in the box office. My mom like wrote me and she's like, well, there's some Disney college that you could go to. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, did you not do you uh did you not see the name? Did you not know that it's at number one right now? Right. I was like, cool, thanks mom, believing me. <laughs> but then I like honestly I think I, I was thinking about it, I was like, hmm, maybe I could go to be like Ariel at the park. <laughs> but I love it. It's like it makes me so happy. Do you prefer Disneyland to Disney World or Dude? Yeah. When you go to Disney World, you will understand that it is like a Disneyland on steroids. Wow. Like it is insane. You will have you need like a full week to go there because there's four parks. That's crazy. And you to go to like each park, you need like two days to go to each one. Animal Kingdom, definitely go to that one. There is an actual safari with real animals. The Jeep will be cruising and there'll be a giraffe that'll the Jeep will have to stop. 
because the giraffe is like by the car and or has to cross or it'll come and like say hey to a few people and like cross. it's like nuts sounds like so much fun oh it's <laughs> the best so when you guys go and you guys need a nanny like hi I'll take two kids you take two kids we'll go sounds like a plan the Harry Potter world it, what it, where is it over there is there a Universal, Universal Orlando right Universal, that yeah. it's way crazy too. dude yeah Universal uh, gave me some free passes to go when I was up there and I just went for like the scare at Universal and it was I mean it was amazing it's so cool wow yeah they had trick or treat there this year I think too right this trick or treat scare yeah. dude they had the purge there yeah they had purge here too dude yeah. purge freaks me out man really why like that movie cause it could happen <laughs> like if Donald Trump <laughs> just like goes yeah, yo yeah. like he's about to I we're feel like, like, yeah. like we're, tomorrow we're two degrees away from the oh, purge oh dude yeah yo totally dude there should be like a purge clock like Defcon oh, yeah, purge yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> like, when, like he's gonna one day he's gonna be like you know what I'm bored uh, so so everyone, 24 hours, you can kill whoever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, he's not going to say it, he's going to tweet it. Yeah, right. he's going to tweet it. He's going to purge starts now <laughs> at the White House. Hashtag sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But no, when I was there, I mean, it's kind of crazy. This is the first time that I felt I am old and I'm an adult and I'm not a child anymore. And I cried myself to sleep that night. But we went into the purge zone and there was like a bus and there was like a fake Hillary Clinton woman talking down to the crowd. She held like two girls and they were screaming like screaming and bloody murder and they're like in bras and panties and shit oh. and they're like which one should we sacrifice and kill first Hillary Clinton's like I don't know why I'm making her sound like that <laughs> she probably didn't sound like that at all <laughs> don't ask me to do impressions guys. but anyway so they're and they were holding these girls by the hair and they were like holding a knife to each of their necks and then the crowd literally audience members the crowd were like yeah kill her that girl kill her and i'm sitting there going oh my god where are your mothers (laughs) where are your fucking mothers why are you here and then i looked around and i'm like the kids and i'm like what are you guys wearing why are you guys wearing bras here i'm like i was like i was having a twilight zone in my age i was like and i'm old (laughs) going to those theme parks you know we get scared but when you're doing the movies is it even close to as scary as going to the theme parks and experiencing <laughs> no, that stuff? Or is it like, no. not at all? Dude, the movies and doing horror movies are like my playground. They're literally my playground. Like I said, going to a haunted house is way more scarier to me and like takes my friends to pull me to those. That's why tonight, it's the only reason I'm going is because it's her birthday. I literally like, I literally asked her, I was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? I was thinking like, we go out, have a drink, go dancing. She's like, there's like an escape room. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, okay, good. I'm, the I'm like freaking out right now. I'm like, I'm going to pee my pants. So what projects are we going to be able to see soon? Or do you even know? <laughs> Shit, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, go to my IRDB. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's there's a few set to date um, this year around March, February. Like, um, Farrell's finally going to come out with Lou Temple. That one looks oh, cool. so yeah. good. Dude, I that saw it's dope. Yeah? I'm badass. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, super cool. Um, but yeah, that one's coming out. And then I did a period piece called Lumber Baron, which is coming out. It's probably going to go to Hallmark. And then um, Edge of Insanity, I have no idea. 
it's just like always up in the air with like, these kind of movies. But I actually just wrote a pilot and I'm selling my pilot right now. So that's kind of the agenda that I have right now. That's amazing. Wow. Can you give any information on that or no? Um, is it just all I probably I, I, I probably shouldn't, but um it's very close to home, so it's um it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be a dark comedy and it's gonna be something that I'm very familiar with, so I'm really stoked wow. to share it. And writing writing behind. directing, starring or I, I'm not starring, dude. I don't wanna be in it at all. So I just wrote it, created it, and um I'm I'm signed on with um Howie Mandel, who uh was a dear friend of mine and He's like producing it and backing it. And so we're going in that whole route of things. But I'm really stoked about it. I've never thought that I would. But we did like a. I, I directed the pilot presentation of it. Yeah. So I dipped my toe into directing and I really loved oh. it. Yeah. Did you get a rush from yeah, it? Yeah, dude. Like, oh. Totally did. And I was like, oh my God, I know what I'm fucking doing. Holy wow. shit. I've been on set so many times that I actually know, you know, what, what I like. And I'm so visual. I love just. Like making sure the atmosphere is so like point on, so I'm actually gonna direct my first like short film in March. Um, oh, cool! It's nice. gonna be like a Resident Evil meets like Alien, oh, and nice. I'm gonna star in it because I like want to be an action star. <laughs> yes, you know? yes. <laughs> yes. <That's awesome. laughs> yes. Well, I know you guys want to get going to that escape room, so we won't keep you, ladies and gentlemen. Scout Compton. Yeah, right. awesome, yeah. cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you Great. so much yeah. for doing this. Yeah, seriously, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. You, like christened the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I popped its cherry. <laughs> 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 There's me. Angel Myers, and here's my fucked up life. You're hacking your way through another episode of The Boo Crew. Dusts a fright flick off the shelf for horror homework. For my horror homework this week, the film I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it's one that I revisit every now and again, and I think it's time to revisit it again, which is Return of the Living Dead. They're back from the grave and ready to party. The Return of the Living Dead, rated R. Right? Yeah. It's a great movie. So, yeah. It's a, it's a total classic, and I feel like, you know, not everyone has seen Obviously, people have seen it. It's not, you know, it's not a rare film in any way. But I feel like it's a film that, if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely see it. So, it's a zombie film, obviously. It's the zombie film that introduced... Brains. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was not... Be- that did not happen before this. Its context and its place in horror history is super valuable. The story behind it is Night of the Living Dead comes out, right? And revolutionizes horror and certainly zombie movies specifically. It has two co-writers, George Romero, who goes on to do his zombie series. And the other co-writer, they split right after the success of Night of the Living Dead. John Russo, and he goes off and develops his horror movie series, which is Return of the Living Dead. They kind of split like the first half of the title went to George Romero, Day, Night, Dawn. The Living Dead part goes to Russo. So he writes a script. It doesn't go anywhere. And he ends up, long story short, it comes to Dan O'Bannon, who is famous for writing the original Alien script and inventing all the great tropes and ideas in the movie Alien. His directorial debut is Return of the Living Dead. The thing that I think is, is worth, you know, now we live in a time where almost every movie is meta or it's a remake or it's a callback to something that happened before. 
But and this movie is all of those things before those things were really a, the the thing or a thing like they are a thing now. In the movie, they reference the movie Night of the Living Dead. It takes place in a universe that in that universe. Night of the Living Dead was a movie. So it creates this whole like world within a world thing. It's funny. It's exciting. It's super punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some amazing zombies. It's so quotable. It was just one of those, we, we'd watch it again and again and again as kids. You know, I watch it every few or, I don't know, five or 10 years maybe. And it's just been a while. So I'm thinking the idea of horror homework for me, I was like, that's a movie. I could talk about that movie forever. And I really want to watch it again. That's another movie I remember poster art specifically yes. for. It. Remember right when Ghost? I think it was yeah, eighty five. Yeah, 85, I remember yeah. Ghostbusters was still playing at some of these like yeah, one dollar yeah. cheap theaters. I'd go see Ghostbusters, <laughs> and then right beside it was Return of the Living Dead with the all the punks hanging out at, at yeah. the graveyard or whatever. Punk zombies on the graveyard. Yeah, it yeah. looks so cool. And I believe out of all the zombie movies that came out around that era, this one is one of the first that introduced humor to the genre. I mean, for sure. The George A. Romero movies were a lot heavier, a bit more dramatic but yeah the return of the living dead yeah that one in the second one had that strong humor element and you know what one of my favorite zombie movies ever is actually very rarely talked about is return of the living dead 3 you know i've never seen return of the living dead very good that's some more horror homework for me yeah no that's that's a really good one that again has a punk rock thing going on sure i actually had a poster of that mounted onto wood oh yeah yeah i really like the poster art it was a girl covered in um body piercings so i believe that came out Early 90s, mid 90s. So that was obviously a big thing. And that became a, a, a central plot line to the movie to quench her zombie hunger, huh. you know, body uh, modification. Yeah, it was really, really well done. His and the, movies the are gore so effects fun. were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wayne Toth was the one who was doing the effects on Return of the Living Dead 3. And Wayne Toth is the guy Rob Zombie famously uses right. for House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, the 31, all, all his stuff. Nice. Leo, horror homework this week? Oh, man, I got one coming straight out of Sweden. We're talking 2008. Let the right one in. Are you a vampire? Did you think about me then? Oh, yeah. You love that movie. Dude, I love that movie. You're talking about that movie. Oh, good. I'm going to tell that you why so I love it. I have not seen it. I've not okay. seen it. I want to tell you why this movie is so good and you have to watch it. Now, when this movie came out, keep in mind that it came out the exact same day as another vampire movie by the name of Twilight. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. Twilight. Lawrence and Twihard. I am. I'm sorry. And werewolves. And werewolves. I will say that the first Twilight movie is actually very well done. Funny enough. No judgment. Nobody saw it. Nobody's even heard of it. I, I, I saw it. It's, yeah. it's, it's Swedish. Uh, now, if you watch this movie, Watch the Swedish version, which is uh, English subtitles. It's a coming-of-age movie, Boy Meets Girl, in the dark, cold, coldness of Sweden. And, and, and mind you, it's set in the 80s. This young boy, Oscar, when you meet him, he's dealing with something. He's being bullied. Now, he meets a girl that can solve a puzzle. And it turns out that the puzzle is a Rubik's Cube. And by solving that Rubik's Cube, she gains his trust. And the next thing you know, they become friends. But what he doesn't know is that the girl's a vampire. This movie unfolds with a young vampire, a girl, that's kind of acting like the boy's friend, protector, but you're not sure what's going on. There's more to the story. It just gets deeper and deeper. You figure out the little girl, her name is Ellie, by the way, what her past is, what she's up to, and what's going on in this town. Now, the boy has to deal with these bullies at school every single day. So, when I think about this movie, and I think about today, anybody with young kids, back in my day, you, you were bullied on the playground. 
today you're you're being bullied on Facebook or over Twitter or whatever, you know. This movie to me will never get old because of that theme. Like a vampire. Like a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excellent vampire movie, and I'll tell you why. You will not see crucifixes, you will not see So it's got the mythology kinda like completely the, the mythology's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so subtle. Huh. It's subtle and, and there's a whole twist to it. So it's one of those movies that you gotta find it, rent it, own it, watch it. Live it. Live it. <laughs> <laughs> they remade that, right? They did. Yeah. They did, and uh, I believe I believe uh, Chloe Grace Moretz played the star, the lead role. The movie was made a few years ago. It was called Let Me In. It's not a bad remake. I watched it. I enjoyed it, too. And I think that movie set in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more present day-ish, in a sense. And uh, it was fun. They, they took some liberty to change some things about the movie. Um, but the original just had a lot of magic to it. You watch that original, and it doesn't even have that much dialogue. Yeah. You're, you're just watching people go go about the scenes, and you're like, this is interesting. You know what I love about that movie is that so much of it happens off camera. Yes. And which makes it even more terrifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there are scenes where you're like, what is this girl hiding? What does she do? And you're right. They don't show you. It's off camera. Then it happens, and you're like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh, and then you get to the end. Oh yeah. man, yeah, that ending yeah, yeah. blew my mind. I did, I did not expect that ending. You're gonna have to watch this movie to just fully, you know, understand fully, enjoy this because that ending, my gosh, <laughs> that, that was pretty terrifying. My pick is actually one of a very limited number of movies that I think I've seen that actually uh, horror films that actually take place on Halloween. There doesn't seem to be that many when I think about it. Lauren and I found it. Yeah. Best Buy or something in a new release thing, maybe. And it was the cover of the package that sold it. Yeah. And it was just a guy in a demon mask holding a pumpkin. And the movie's called Satan's Little Helper. One little boy. Where are you going? Find Satan. The devil. What's with all the Satan stuff? Oh, your dad got him this video game. Is real. And it came out in 2004. And was directed and written by a guy named Jeff Lieberman, who did a few cult movies in the 1970s, actually. One called Squirm and another called Blue Sunshine. He also went on and did the screenplay for Neverending Story 3, which I didn't oh, wow. even, I didn't wow, even know yeah. that existed. Wow. But is yeah, that, is that terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> it just won't end, right? <laughs> anyway, so uh, this movie uh, it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and then went straight to home video. It was filmed around New York and coastal Maine. And that's a strong part of why it encapsulates this Halloween experience. It reeks of a New England fall. I didn't really recognize any of the actors except for the mother in the movie was played by Amanda Plummer, who was Honey Bunny in Pulp Fiction. Oh, sure. That's right. So the plot is messed up. So it follows a mom and her two kids on Halloween. One of the kids is her daughter who comes home from college. Then the other is a nine-year-old boy named Dougie. So the three of them live in this house and they're all getting together and getting ready for Halloween night. And the boy is obsessed with this video game called Satan's Little Helper, where you play as the devil's minion. The boy dresses up like Satan for Halloween and then randomly runs into a guy in the street wearing this crazy demon mask that was on the front of the cover of the movie (laughs) in a trench coat, doesn't talk, never takes off the mask. And the kid befriends this guy thinking, oh, I'm going to be Satan's little helper for real. The rest of the movie, you see what happens when this strange man takes this nine-year-old boy under his wing. 
and they don't do very nice stuff all day and all night. <laughs> and it gets very, very creepy really fast. It starts off almost like a dark comedy. But then at one point, the comedy is sucked out of this thing. Huh. And oh, it wow. kind of takes a shocking turn. Wow. And it really stuck with me, especially for something that, you know, we just got in a lark based on the cover. <laughs> we figured right. it, it wouldn't be any good or whatever, but it was really good. It's, as far as effects goes, just a couple really amazing rubber masks and some blood effects, but nothing too crazy. But it's so creepy, the whole idea of it. And again, it just takes you into the fall. It is so Halloween. You can't help but love it. So that's my pick. Rachel? you put me in that mindset i was like whoa <laughs> mine actually is something that i hadn't seen for a while and i kind of just came up because i actually went to scream fest this year and it was a scream fest pick it was a uh, day of the dead first came the night then came the dawn now comes the most eagerly awaited day in horror film history george a romero's day of the dead and oh, nice. it was the third film and the George A. Romero series, and I just hadn't seen it for a while. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check it out to see on the big screen. And it just was one of those films that just is fun. You know, I mean, it's fun and dark at the same time. I mean, the third film, it's still apocalyptic. You know, there's cannibals out there. And it's um, basically a small team of military personnel and scientists in an underground facility trying to solve this problem of zombies. And it's just these two forces butting heads and it's kind of uh romero's to me like his specialty is like kind of showing in our own like sociological way how like humanity is actually the ultimate problem how like because of the breakdown between the two the military and the scientists i mean they're actually the real problem even though the zombies are out there it's like the chaos kind of starts with them and he's just great at kind of bringing out the problems of humanity, how the, our worst kind of side to us is is present. But at the same time, I really love the main lead character, which is um, Dr. Sarah Bowman. She was kind of a kick-ass scientist who kind of takes control of the situation. And of course, like chaos breaks out, there's zombies, there's craziness, and but it kind of has a fun end to it all that um, was just great to kind of see on the big screen. So I, I definitely recommend it. And that oh, gave us cool. Bub. Yes, oh, yeah. Bub. Yeah. Yes, of course, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic image yes. in the zombie world. Totally lovable Bub. <laughs> right? It is, you know, it's, it's a good point, the difference between the Romero zombies and what Return of the Living Dead gave us. Right. Because Romero famously at one point said he didn't believe in running zombies. I remember reading an interview about him in 28 Days Later. He's like, I don't believe zombies run. <laughs> <laughs> but Return of the Living Dead is the birth of the running zombie the talking zombie. That's right, yeah. The you, talking you know, zombie. I'm, I'm really curious, though, because in the first movie, Night of the Living Dead, the word zombie never appears in that movie. Right. They refer to them as ghouls. When did zombie appear in Romero's movies? It hasn't been said by any character throughout the whole trilogy except one time in Dawn of the Dead, where it also showed up in the script. Yeah. It's just like the undead. The or, undead. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Romero's really... Yeah. He <laughs> had this whole other thing was, going. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then also he, he shot all his movies in the same town, right? If I'm not mistaken. Actually, for this one, he shot it in Florida. The beginning scenes are shot in Florida. Oh. And then the underground stuff is shot in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was actually an old mine facility. Interesting. Yeah. And then a fun fact, all the extras were paid a dollar and also given a hat that said, I wow. worked on the Day of the Dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that I would take amazing. That. I know, me too. <laughs> so <do that. laughs> totally cool. Did they refer to them as zombies though in Return of the Living Dead? I think they did. I believe I'm they did I'm trying to remember, too. yeah. The Return of the Living Dead, they're talk about the zombies from that movie, Night of the Living yeah. Dead. And then they have a zombie that's from the true story of the movie, Night of the Living Dead. So they have this zombie and it comes alive and they can't kill it by shooting it in the head. It, it doesn't die. They burn it and then the smoke goes up and creates this acid rain that falls on all the punk rock kids <laughs> yeah. who are partying in the graveyard. And then Linnea Quigley jumps and starts right. singing and dancing. <laughs> She's already dancing naked before it starts raining. <laughs> and then, you know, and then cue the cheesy 80s music and the amazing montage of all the zombies coming out of the ground. Right. I think that also is the birth of that. <laughs> what, zombies uh, coming out of the ground? Yeah, the zombies coming out of the ground. Huh. It's just so, like, iconic, but I think it really changed the narrative. I think, like, what you're saying is Romero was doing this, like, more heavy mm -hmm. sociological commentary. Yeah, totally. Especially, like, in the day of the dead, you feel it. There's, like, a lot of conflict. Right. Like the, you know, there's, like, actually, there's a lot of things that are uncomfortable. Like, a lot of the military men were being very suggestive to, like, the lead... Um, doctor character and like right. saying very like suggestive things that you're like, well, this is really wow. wrong. <laughs> this right. is really wrong, like, a lot wrong and lots of things. But it, like it brings it to light, and you kind of just I don't know if it's just because it's like the mid '80s and that's just. But I think he was doing that on purpose to make it yeah, really I mean, yeah. interesting. Though he was always doing that. Well, it's interesting to see how many zombie movies everybody's talking about. I picked uh, Shaun of the Dead because oh, yeah. I yeah. love Shaun of the Dead. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! It is one of my most favorite movies ever, and it was directed by Edgar Wright, and it was written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. But it was just so brilliantly written. I mean, it's just, it's so funny and just smart and witty and creepy and just everything I love. The movie was a limited release. I saw it with Rachel. We saw it. Mm -hmm. Where did yes. we see it? I, I know. I've Wasn't it the Egyptian or something like that? Yeah. It was like one of those cool old theaters, I thought. Yeah. God. You kept her ticket yes, stub. Yes. She liked it so much, she kept her ticket stub. You know, she liked it. Yes. Yeah. And I still have to find that. It was made in the UK and they didn't think it would do very well out here. And we uh, recently, Trevor and I went to uh, Shaun of the Den uh, movie at the Greek. And I was amazed by how many people were there. And even Edgar Wright was there and he was talking about how shocked he was that in the US it was so well received. But I talked to a lot of horror fans, and a lot of them have not seen Shaun of the Dead. And really, that's surprising. Yeah, there's quite a few people. Yeah, there's quite a few people that haven't seen it. But the people that have seen it, they like love it. Yeah, it's true. It's got quite yeah. the cult following. At the screening, everybody was dressed up like the characters. Oh, nice. wow. It was yeah, it was kind of had that Rocky Horror Picture kind of vibe to the crowd. As far as zombies goes, definitely more on the Return of the Living Dead angle, probably, would you say? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think it might fall in between, actually, because it's, it's, it's such an homage to the Romero. It's true. It it's is. true. 
And actually, um, George Romero was so impressed by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright that he put them in Land of the Dead in 2005. He wanted them to be recognizable, but they were wanted to play zombies. So, <laughs> of course, they were awesome zombies. <laughs> um, but uh, They have a whole moment yeah. where the camera almost stops on them. But yeah, no, it's just about this guy, uh, Sean, who's uh, trying to get his life together to win back his uh, ex-girlfriend and in the process, you know, he's got his best friend by his side to and take on all these zombies and save the day. And it's really fun. And the music, I just love all the music that's in it. Lots of Queen and Edgar Wright just always <laughs> yeah. has yeah, he's, awesome yeah, yeah. music yeah, in he's it. he's big into And he seems to edit to music quite frequently, too. Oh, like yeah. Baby Driver, oh, obviously. Definitely. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of the beats, you know, and the scenes fall that's on right. musical beats and rhythms and stuff like that. And that happens in that movie quite a few times. I recently heard him tell a story about being on the set of Shaun of the Dead where he's standing because he he's really young when he made it he made his first feature thing when he was a teenager and then he was just a very young director and he rose very quickly in British television and then so he's making this but he still looked young meaning that he didn't look like the director of of a movie so one of the guys who's playing a zombie came up to him on set leaned in and went Direct to DVD for this one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Aww. But he didn't want to embarrass the guy, so he didn't say anything until <laughs> years later. <laughs> I recently found an article about how at first when they were casting, they had asked Kate Winslet to play the role of Liz. No way. And then they wanted Helen Mirren to play Barbara. Interesting. <laughs> and wow. she said that she would only be in it if she could be Ed. <laughs> Everybody thought would be hysterical if she was Ed, but definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. And you like it so much that you actually went out and found a couple outfits from the movie. Yes. That you now own. A, a we now own. Yes. <laughs> yes. I drove Trevor really crazy about this. Yeah, I've got an Ed t-shirt that our friend Emma and James, they were so nice to uh, sell it to us. And now we have Sean's outfit on the way. It's a complete outfit. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Complete. And then nice. an Ed yeah, outfit. Yeah, Ed complete outfit as well. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And then I have Barbara's outfit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Liz's, Liz's right? Liz's outfit. Yep. Whoa. Quite the collection. Wow. <laughs> so, going to be very Merry Christmas. <laughs> you should, are you going to put them in on mannequins yes. around the Christmas tree? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's a good idea. Don't give her ideas. Don't give her ideas. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number one. A big thanks to our special guest, Scout Compton. Follow her on Instagram at Under the Sea Scout and on Twitter at Pouty Scouty. And check out her new film, Ghost House, available on DVD and other streaming platforms. We'd appreciate it so much if you'd rate us on iTunes. It helps us get found and helps us bring more great guests and more horror fun. Till next time, see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Fuck a duck.